right? What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Amber May Show. And yes, I have been talking about election interference in our state of Arizona. And I've also tried to show highlight that there's been more interference in other states. Well, joining me today is um, a couple that's from Illinois, and they're going to talk about their fight to preserve our country so we don't fall into a communist country, and we can preserve our country as a republic, because we can we can have a republic as long as we can keep it. And they're going to be talking about their group of United Sovereigns of America or United Sovereigns Americans. And they're going to talk about the work that they've been doing in the state of Illinois. And I'm really proud to introduce you to them today. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know that if you are a person that's really active or you have kids in sports or it's just a good idea just to have a first aid kit around, the personal first aids that the wellness company has brought is phenomenal. And the wellness company just set a new bar with the first aid kits. So if you want the next level of readiness for a camping trip, family time, on the lake this cut this kit comes with everything that you need it's not your average amazon first aid kit uh it contains critical components every american should have on hand just like a tourniquet uh three medical scripts for burns bacterial infections and staff and it has a con- uh, coagulating powder and instant glucose even has an eye wash. So the best part is there's a guidebook that has super detailed instructions on how to use the tourniquet, the different uses in the cases for the medicine, as well as dosing, all that stuff. So it's a one of a kind kit that you wanna get your family on, especially if you have a babysitter at home or just a family outing. So go to twc.health and pick up your first aid kit. And when you're there, make sure you use promo code AMBERKIT100 so you can save money at checkout. That's twc.health, promo code AMBERKIT100 at checkout to save some money. Well, without I, I always add more content. Join me on Telegram at The Amber May Show. I'm on True Social, Amber May, Frank Social, Amber May, and Clout Hub. So find me on those locations. Also, if you believe in what I'm doing and want to become an angel investor, the easiest way to do that is going to TheAmberMayShow.com. Hit the donate button and donate whatever you feel you can donate. Or you can be a $5 monthly subscriber by going to TheAmberMayShow.locals.com. Well, without any further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Ken and, and Jody. told you i have jody and ken joining us today i'm so excited they're coming all the way from the state of illinois i believe and we are talking about elections today did i get that right you're from illinois we are yes yes. born and raised so this is so important what i've i've gotten so hopeful over the last few years because you know i've seen mike lindell really take off with this uh, election stuff and he has organized people and all throughout the states and i was on some calls and i heard that every single state has people like you and me working on election 
um, integrity, election interference, things like that. And so I'm excited to hear about the state of Illinois, but I think we need to find out a little bit more about who Jody and Ken are and how you got involved in wanting to secure our elections. Sure. So we have a great video to share, but real quick, back in, uh, well, we all, we were very upset about what we saw in 2020 and mm -hmm. honestly, this didn't make sense. So um, we spent about a year, year, a few months spinning our wheels, trying to figure out how, how or what we could do to make a difference and get to the bottom of it. Both of us have experience in our professional careers in data analytics and technology around databases. And so both of us felt convinced that we could figure something out. We, we could better understand what happened. And so anyway, we got involved in early 22, late 21, early 22 with a Senate candidate in Illinois who's really getting involved to get up, to get to the bottom of what was happening with our state voter rolls. And as a federal candidate in Illinois, that was one of the ways that he could have access. And so very quickly, um, he, he basically shared our voting histories with us as we were part of his campaign team. And um, we were shocked because both of us had votes on our histories when we didn't go vote at all. We never voted in a midterm until 2022. And both of us had votes in 2010, 2014, and 2018 on our records. Ken also had a missing vote in, 20, in 2008. Um, but nonetheless, he, he, he got us, you know, basically got our attention and we really wanted to know, was this an anomaly? Was this just us? Um, so anyway, I think maybe the video will make more sense, but we went out then and began sharing voting as part of his, you know, the campaign exercise. We built some reports that we were running off of the raw data. So it's just accessing the person's data. It's not doing anything other than that and sharing this information with voters in Illinois at the time. And um, anyway, let us are you and Ken married? Are you guys married? Yeah, yeah. We are. So, okay. Just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Our careers brought us together. So in some ways I feel like that was God's way of saying, Hey, <laughs> we need both of you. <laughs> so, right. So and were you shocked to see that, that you voted in midterm elections? Absolutely. Totally. Like to the point, you know, kind of rattled to the core. I mean, but at the same time, because it was both of us from a data analytics and analysis standpoint, I'm like, hmm, doesn't really feel like anomaly because we're two people. We're living in the same house in the same precinct and they've got us, but we have the same last name and they've got us voting in these same consecutive elections. So when you, you know, as it relates to when you start to look at patterns and data, it didn't seem likely, but that got us motivated to get to the bottom, whether we were alone in that experience or not. So as a precinct committeeman, I have access, easier access. Anyone can do it. It's just when you're a precinct committeeman, you have election tools easier to grab a hold of there. It's public record. So mm -hmm. anyone could get these voter rolls. But as a precinct committeeman, or if you're running for office, it's a little bit easier for you. So I recommend if you are wondering, did you vote in the midterms when you know you didn't vote in the midterms? I recommend like one easy way to get a hold of your records is becoming a precinct committeeman Absolutely. in your precinct, in your state, in your county. And then you'll have access to some of these this voter information. Right. Which is really what sort of happened for us uh, by profession. I'm a SQL data architect and analyst. So working with that candidate, 
we took the data and I built some reports where we made a really easy sort of kiosk format where we could go to events while campaigning and people could come up and ask us, you know, provide information, letting us know who they are and, uh, you know, giving us permission to look at their history. And we'd give them this report and then review it with them. And that's what this video is. So let me play the video. Great. I guess I'm going to share my whole screen. No, I'm not. <laughs> Just the. There, yeah, the entire screen is an option. There you go. Also, as audio. Okay, so I think mm -hmm. that's good. All right, that's here good. we go. Yeah. Working the way we want yeah. it to. Yeah, Looks like it is. First election I voted in was Trump's. I've never voted in a midterm. I've never voted. What? I have never voted in a midterm election. Ever. All right. I never voted in primary. Ever. Tell us that again. Oh my gosh. I, All right. So what, I we, what have, we see here is someone voted in your name yep. for a midterm primary. And then we've got one, two, three presidential elections. You're saying you did not vote in. I can tell you. And, then, and I'm a bad, I, I can tell you I'm a bad patriot. I, first time I got involved with politics with President Trump, that's my first presidential election. I have never voted in a midterm. I have never voted in another presidential election. This is all a lie. So I, have, I am so upset. So we're looking at two presidential well, votes. So needless to say, we, in this journey, we probably talked to about 1300 people in this four month window. And that experience we had that it wasn't just her, but she was actually the only person we were, we videotaped, to be honest, we were rattled when we learned that our, something was wrong with ours. But as we begin to do this with others, we, you know, we came up with about 57% anomalies. Now it's not always added or missing votes. Sometimes there's voters at the person's home. You know, we de-identified the data, but they could see the number of registered voters. And we'd often interview uh, couples that were maybe our age or whatever that had their empty nesters. And there's like somebody still actively voting there. That's not them. Right. Cause um, mm -hmm. so it's things like that, but it was, is it, she was clearly upset. We were upset. Most people were very upset when they saw that. And sure. the sense that, you know, the, it isn't about them being upset. It's about the pattern of this problem and, uh -huh. and seeing the pattern start to come together and understanding really, I mean, it, at this point, it just seems absurd. Uh, our, whatever our elect, uh, the election officials, the people certifying the elections, the state, bodies that govern our elections continue to say nothing to see here. I mean, it's just, you know, it really became clear that from our perspective that we really felt like, you know, we needed to keep going. Right. But um, that candidate didn't make it through that primary. So we stopped doing those, um, those histories at that time and began kind of locally getting involved, much like yourself or your precinct committeemen. We, did a war room with poll watchers and got people involved in poll watching for like the last year. And then in spring, um, we ended up connecting with United Sovereign Americans, which is Marley Hornick out of New York. And so 
really that's why we're here but it's a little different project than obviously those voter histories so yeah so as a precinct committeeman our legislative district has really tried to do our part in cleaning up the ballots as as much as we can so we have been looking at different strategies and, and a matter of fact um this week i do have my own thing i have to do we're, we're sending out these flyers to people that registered to vote as not declared republican or democrat now that's to me a little bit dangerous because i understand why they didn't want to choose either side but for one, you can't vote in Arizona in the primary without being one or the other. But two, what these people that are manipulating the election, they know the voter history very well. And the people that hardly vote or never vote but are still registered to vote, those are the ones that they can use to vote on their behalf. What we have found in Arizona with some of our audits is some of our, our precincts, they had 100% voter participation in elections. Right. That's not reality. No, not a hundred percent of any precinct or right. votes at a hundred percent, but that's how they manipulate the votes. And what I surmise just like looking and studying in the last uh, four years and ch getting every article I could grab my hands on and listening to what is being said. Um, what I believe they do is once they max out to a hundred percent capacity, that's when the voting manipulations in the machine come into being. And if you don't believe me, in 2008, uh, uh, Barack Obama on the campaign trail talks about the machines. Thank God. And his, the line says, thank God the Democrats are in charge of the machines. And in that case, it was in the state of Ohio. Why did it matter? Right. If machines don't manipulate the vote, why did that matter that the Democrats were in charge of the machines? Right. So it is my surmise that they they find out who doesn't vote on a regular basis and then they vote for them and if they're a party not declared that's an easy win for them or if like you haven't read if you haven't voted in a while that's an easy win for them and then if they reach 100 percent capacity then the machines come into play hey i'm gonna get to that thought in just a second but right now i'm gonna take a quick break so many of us think that sleep is a luxury. Sleep is not a luxury. Sleep is a necessity. It's going to help you restore all your bodily functions, help your body recover, recoup. It's something that we need to function on a daily basis. We need to feel restful. And if you're not feeling restful because you're not getting a proper night's sleep, then I have something just for you. I just absolutely adore Dr. Stella. She comes out with some great supplements. And here's one of the newest ones she came out with, and it's Kobe Sleeps. So if you have trouble, going to sleep at night and you want a more restful night's sleep, go to drstellamd.com, go to her supplement section and, and purchase this and use promo code AMBERMAY, one word, and you'll save some money there. Not only does it help promote a more restful night's sleep, it helps with stress and joint function. So if you have stress, you have joint function, you're also not getting a good restful night's sleep, you need to go to drstellamd.com, get these Kobe Sleep Bites right now and save money by using promo code AMBERMAY. I'm Abe Hamaday, and you're watching The Amber May Show. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever My Pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented My Pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. 
MyPillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com You are listening to The Amber May Show, and now we return to the show already in progress. So what have you found in your research, in your journey uh, of election interference? Sure. So just to backtrack a little bit in summer, right after we wrapped up with that primary candidate, we met Marley Hornick, uh, somebody on the campaign with us also worked for New York's Citizens Audit. So knew Marley very well, talked about the work we did. So we talked with Marley at that time and then we kind of did this local stuff for about a year. And then Marley in late spring reached out to us again. She said, hey, I'm starting this new group. Um, we're going to really focus on the data, right? We're going to focus mm-hmm. on the roles, but it's going to be a national project. And we would love for you guys to help with Illinois. And so mm-hmm. we got involved, but we'd already been doing some research and obviously did the voter stuff there in the spring of 22. And... Um, so anyway, that's what you know. What we're here to talk about a little bit in terms of what we found in Illinois and what the project itself focuses on. So, sure. So, basically, the strategy is very simple, or trying to be simple at least. You know, there's so much data, so much information to try to convey to people. It's it's hard to be truly simple, but we're focusing on four basic tenets that we're using uh, the method to to evaluate the election process. So those four tenets are one. Uh, the voter rolls have to be accurate. So the National Voter Registration Act says uh, that's the law. Uh, number two, uh, you have to be eligible to vote in order to vote. So our Constitution, 14th Amendment, tells us that. Uh, number three is the number of votes counted have to match the number of people who voted. Uh, that's just common sense, but right. we, we still don't get it right. And then uh, number four is... Uh, Kava defines uh, an acceptable error rate for uh, an election that is still certifiable. So uh, the tenant number four is, you know, did we accomplish that error rate or better? And and that error rate's one in 125,000. So it's very stringent. You know, it's expecting a lot, but it's our elections. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking at those four points, then we build a scorecard where we evaluate the registration data and you know that first section are the are the voter rolls accurate uh, at the time we did our scorecard we had a snapshot of the data that included uh, about 8.9 million registered voters in those registrations we found 4,032,801 uh, apparent or questionable uh, registration violations of either the Illinois state law or those two federal uh, laws, NEVRA and HAVA. So 4 million out of uh, 8.9 million is nowhere near accurate. And uh, sadly, some of the registrations have multiple errors on them. So it really works out to about 3.4 million. Let me ask you this. How do you know where the errors are with the voter registration, the voter database? What we do is look at the data and then, you know, the evaluation is based on, on 
purely what the data says, because the data is supposed to be the permanent and formal and official record of everything going on in the election system. So you've got uh, some very simple things that, that you can talk about. You know, in order to be registered, you have to know and and for your registration to demonstrate that you're eligible to vote, it has to include your age. It has to include your address because you need to know what precinct you're supposed to vote in. And it has to include when you registered. So you know that you're, you know, eligible right Active now today right. to vote. Uh, so we've got 80,000 registrations with no registration date at all. It's just blank. So there's no way to know they're even old enough to vote. I mean, we, we're not going to guess based on all the other data. If the age is missing, there's no way to know that, you know, it's just right. then, in my then, research, I have found that um, they just, they, there's a team of people out there that register people, register people. Right. And so like one person could be registering hundreds of people at once right. that never really existed. And that is so frustrating. Well, right. separately, as we learn, as we are going, we're starting to learn as, as we started on this project, all of a sudden now, both, both, you know, uh, both parties, the GOP, as well as the DNC, they're out there deputizing people now madly to go re register people to vote because, oh, in the name of get out the vote, because now, so now they're just going to create a greater opportunity to blame the error on this effort. And it's just, it, I feel like right. we're just chasing. Now let, me, let, me, share, let me share with you in Arizona, how easy it is to register to vote. You can go to the service Arizona's website and that's like our, basically our DMV website. And it gives you instruction on how to circumvent being, um, uh, showing your citizenship. So the the Constitution says you have to be a U.S. citizen in order to vote. Exactly. At the Service Arizona website, you're doing it by yourself, right? The right. instructions say if you don't have a Social Security number, type four zeros. And you type four zeros, now boom, you're registered to vote. And so you show this voter card or now you're on this list, but there had been nobody to backtrack to see if you legitimately can vote because that no one has checked to see if you're a U.S. citizen. right? And right. the other thing that happens in Arizona, I'm going to guess it's nationwide, but I don't know, that here you have to show your ID in order to vote. Now, the polling people are going to expect that the, the government did their background check to see that you are a legal citizen to vote in the election. So when you present your ID, they're going to assume that you're registered, you're eligible to vote. Now, if you don't bring ID... You can request a federal ballot and vote in the federal races, and they have to give you the ballot, even though you don't have ID. And at that point, for sure, there is no way to know if it is a U.S. citizen voting or not. Okay. Now we have the open border thing going on. It's all strategic. I mean, I think that our lives are in danger with potentially um, terrorist cell activity, right. but... I, I, you don't think they're already told how they're going to be able to vote in our election in right. 24? Right. So a lot of these things, the processes are broken, right? There's basically maladministration happening across a variety of... Bingo. Yeah. And, and it, it's not, you know, a lot of people just want to say, oh, what are we going to do? 
you know, but the right. problem is everything's breaking as, and it's not an accident. I it mean, is, I just don't not. feel like if there's anything accidental happening well, right I, now. I mean, but. like in Illinois, we have Eric. So that's the system that, you know, feeds uh, data from basically every government system and, and kind of is working hard to register everybody in the background. But the problem is if you engage with multiple uh, offices and agencies, right. you may be registered multiple times. The system's supposed to check, but it doesn't. And then uh, in Illinois, at least the guidelines for Eric indicate that each agency is forbidden to pass along citizenship information along with the information about the person. So, uh, you know, even if they do, that the system's going to throw it away. So, you know, they're making purposeful choices to leave that information out. Do you know in the state of Illinois if someone can request a federal ballot and without ID and vote in the federal races? There's no ID requirement in Illinois, just a signature. At right. all, like period, no matter what race it is? In fact. So if you register online and then go in, you have to go in to vote the first time, you're supposed to show ID at that time. And then if you don't, they're supposed to give you what they call a provisional ballot, which is kind of a waste of time because they only mm -hmm. count if the race is close enough. But, you know, from that poll watching effort that Jody was talking about, we observed that there are so many little stipulations and rules that nobody gets it right. No one knows what they're doing. They're not well trained. Right. And they're making mistakes or kind of making decisions on the fly. Right. You know, this little old lady looks fine. She doesn't need her ID. Right. Just and they're, let her vote. they're actually doing things. So I, I was trained in my county to be a judge. Um, and there, you know, there's things like they actually give us our tubs and in the tubs are signs we have to put up in our precinct that say they don't have to give their ID. They're like literally coaching people not to, because a lot of people, they just walk up and want to give their ID because a lot of, you know, most Americans want to do this fairly and they want, you know, even if our lawmakers are trying to, to take that away for obvious, I feel like to me, they're obvious reasons, especially once we've done all the things we've done, but I get it. We get to live in this place where maybe we're, you know, not ha all having the same conversation, but putting signs up, discouraging people giving ID. And then one other thing that we learned here in Illinois, just recently, there's legislators literally pushing legislation um, on our IDs in Illinois. There's a way for the judges to know if a person same day registers, which we can do here to vote. Um, there's a, a way to know if they're a U.S. citizen on their ID. There used to be. So now they're pushing legislation to take that off. So ultimately, ultimately now what the judges, what these people who are working the elections don't understand is that because that's missing and they can't validate if they're a citizen, they're going to let them vote and they're violating our constitution when, you know, there's some violation happening there of our U.S. constitution. So right. um, it, part of what we, you know, just like you're doing, we want to make sure people understand this is real, that regardless of what they're hearing in the media and the news, that all these things, that all their suspicions are, you know, seem to be accurate, I guess. Right. So coming, coming back to our data in Illinois, some of the other examples, just sticking with registration date, you know, some of the data just doesn't make any sense. Like we'll have a, an individual that data says they're 58 years old, but it also says they registered in January 3rd of 1903. <laughs> so if that was really the registration date, 
the wow. person is 144 years old or they registered before they were born you know it just that doesn't make sense or we have people registered in the future the the, the farthest one out is in the year 9390. Okay. so again you know wow. so that's one one example and another example digging a little deeper in is you know you can look at their registered voter and then their vote history so we've got 2.8 million people who have votes prior to the registration date in their history so again you know that that's not okay that's not as not the way it works and uh, so so those are just some examples of what adds up to that four million number and then uh, as we move along through the scorecard section two uh, votes cast have to be by eligible voters so now we know these registrations that appear to be uh, illegal or invalid so very likely those you know don't represent eligible voters uh, in our 2022 midterm 589,985 of the votes in our state were cast by those registrations that have those issues so just short of 600,000 votes wow. in a 4.1 million vote election. So then uh, we'll just skip to number uh, four because that's HAVA and that one in 125,000 rule. Mm -hmm. Math for our midterm works out to 33. So in order to be certifiable, it was okay if we had 33 ballots that were whatever, uh, someone who is not a citizen, it, screwed up, the person's registered in two states, you know, whatever the situation is. Uh, 33 would be okay, but we had nearly 600,000. Right. So, you know, it's not, we're not even close. We're, we're not in the ballpark here. It was just complete <laughs> maladministration, complete egregious, horrible data. Negligence, whatever. I mean, there's, you know, and again, this is about our national, our, our elections really roll mm -hmm. back to our national security. Mm -hmm. And this is like, again, this is so... Uh, outrageous and so this is national security look is what happened to the border because right, right. the wrong person who doesn't deserve to sit in the presidential seat because they've done all these things they've manipulated the voter registration um they ballot harvest they what else do they do they manipulate the machines i mean there's i just did a whole show on the different ways they manipulate the elections we right. have an open borders that all of us are in danger with the cartels all over the United States. Now they're bringing fentanyl like crazy, killing all of our young people. Um, they're, it's only a matter of time before we see terrorist activity because of the wrong person in office. They, they allowed they unsanctioned Iran from having access to all this, this millions of dollars. And then boom, our ally Israel gets attacked. This is a matter of national security. Hey, I'm going to get to that thought in just a second, but right now I'm going to take a quick break. In the early 1900s, like 1920s, 30s, you with $20, you used to be able to buy an entire men's suit. You could get the handkerchief, the tie, the vest, the jacket, the pants, the belt, everything. And you could also buy that with a piece of gold. Now, in today's standards, you can't buy much with $20, maybe a tie, maybe that's it. You could not even come close to an entire men's suit with a $20 bill. However, if you still had a piece of gold, you could still buy an entire men's suit with that piece of gold. See, silver and gold have intrinsic value and it's had intrinsic value since the beginning of time. It's always been a currency around since the existence of man, gold and silver. 
So why not protect your investments and protect your earning power by owning some gold and silver? And the easiest way to do that is contacting Jim Tewell at epswealthmanagement.com. That's Edward Paul Sam, wealthmanagement.com, epswealthmanagement.com. Give him a call and let him know you'd like to have some tangible assets in your portfolio. You'd like to have some gold and silver and, and he can help you do that. So if you're ready to protect yourself and protect your investments, then go ahead and give Jim T. Will to call whom you've seen on our program at epswealthmanagement.com. Let him know Amber May sent you. Hey, this is Boone Cutler and you're listening to the Amber May Show. You are listening to the Amber May Show and now we return to the show already in progress. Elections is a matter of national security. If you have the wrong people in office because of manipulations of the election, then we're going to have bad judges, which we see the two-tier justice system taking place. Like here in, in Arizona, a little tiny town called San Luis, Arizona, there was a lady convicted of ballot harvesting. You know what she's doing now? She's serving as the vice mayor of San Luis. A convicted felon is now the vice mayor of San Luis. That's just right. one example. What they do is they put their people in places of power, in mayors, in city councils, in governors, in county board of supervisors, and it goes all the way up to the president's office. The person who's occupying the White House has been bought and paid for by China. We know that to be true from the congressional hearings. That's a matter of national security. Who's coming through the board right now? Chinese nationals. China is working with the cartel to bring in fentanyl into the United States. That's a matter of national security. Don't you believe so? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. And like we just discussed, these these undocumented people who are coming into the country are getting to vote. They they can vote. So we so know some of them are and there's, you know, we don't, I don't know this for a fact, but I think a logical person might stitch those ideas together and understand that they're being let in the country and why are because they... they're going to be able to vote. And who are they going to vote for? But the person who let them into the country. Right. People wonder, but how are they going to vote? Well, that's why they're busing them to states like New York and California and Illinois, where we're taking things, you know, these, we're changing the idea laws. I mean, all of it's connected. And, uh, you know, the one thing we want to say is we've been here for three years doing, you know, working on this stuff. And I think people want to know, well, what can I do about it? I mean, we hear it in our local coffee shops, you know, and they feel almost helpless. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, this is this group, United Sovereign Americans is a way for people to get involved. Um, It is a national project. We have 26 states engaged. We have, I think we're right there, but 11 states very soon, if they're not already, have their scorecards done. Um, and ultimately, this is going to be a national effort to um, try to pursue something legally, nationally, right? Um, and consistently as well. So, you know, people wonder, well, I sat there in 21, I sat there in late 2020 and 21 waiting and watching and hoping something happened. And then we spend 2021 and 22 watching some of these lawsuits, wondering why they weren't uh, going forward, making progress, getting shut down. But you mentioned it. These candidates are, you know, these people are getting into office who control our judicial processes and systems 
And while they may not, you know, people wonder how do they work in sync? They're not really working in sync. These are people that are not wired per se to follow the law or even recognize the law. I can't tell you how many candidates we are actively putting in office. If you ask them if they've read our U.S. Constitution, their answer is they haven't. So it's we have as Americans, we have to take some responsibility to be asking the right questions of those people when they're at meet and greets and when they're, you know, going to participate in voting and, and come to understand that. But anyway, in USA, we're giving people an opportunity. This is a great opportunity for people to, if they want to actively get involved, that they can um, either join some of this work in one of the states that they're in. Arizona has a team as well that's part of United Sovereign Americans. So um, and several of the swing states as well that we watch closely in 2020 and 21. Um, yeah. So what are so you're you're collecting the data, and then what do you do with the data that you've collected? So uh, the first thing is uh, approaching our state election authority with a formal complaint. We basically turned over all four million records and change and said, "This is what we see." Prove us wrong, basically. Help us understand why these registrations with no age or no registration date or with record, you know, vote records prior to their registration date, help us understand how this is all okay and valid and legal. And uh, no surprise, we've gotten no response yet. But right. we uh, filed in December but for that, our state. You know, that's the first step. And then we're doing the same with uh, other offices around the state, as well as Homeland Security and the Department of Justice, giving everybody an opportunity to weigh in or demonstrate their interest or concern for the issue. And uh, you know, we're following the, the protocol established by New York, and they've gone through these steps. And again, no response, if, if anything, uh, they get you know hostile responses from some of the agencies, but nothing in the nothing in the direction of uh, you know oh my gosh I didn't realize let's look at this and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Nobody's responding like that. Right. So and then we're also going around. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, we uh, can use volunteers to help us do is we're going around county by county and visiting county boards and giving a presentation where we read a resolution where we ask the board to join us in demanding that the state run a valid election in 2024. And then we share this information with them. So that has gone better. You know, we, we have some county clerks who have turned to us and right. gone, oh, this is bad. You know, right. what can we so do? Tell me about the latest one, because you did one not that long ago. You presented in front of one of the county boards. So tell me how that meeting went. We just did one last night. So oh, you did. Just we, yeah, we did. We just did one last night and, and um, we had a number of supporters there. Plus we have five or six speakers. So it's very well organized. We're basically doing the same thing in all the states that are involved. Once they have their scorecard, they can hit the ground running and begin doing the presentations. But anyway, um, it went well. So we do in that resolution, we have 11 asks, things we're asking for and to, Pretty much everything we just touched on here is covered in those asks because we're really trying to help get some arms around all the places that it's breaking, right? And saying, okay, here, we don't, we're not saying we know exactly how, but we can see all these vulnerabilities and gaps and those asks are trying to help us resolve all of the those gaps. Um, 
it I think it went well. What was interesting is we have five speakers, and so we have an opening statement about who we are and why we're here. And then we read through the resolution, and the resolution is really bringing to their attention some of these numbers we just talked about because um, they're shocking, really. Mm-hmm. And then um, we wrap up and ask them. We realize we're coming in in public comments, so we ask them to reach out to us or we'll reach out to them and put us on the agenda so it can be an open two-way discussion, right? And then asking them to, to sign, to agree that this these findings, uh, these problems we've identified you know, get on the right side of this. As, as an elected official, you should care whether your constituents, you know, you work for us, right? We, the people, right? Um, we are the consent of the governed. So we are we are those that give consent through our suffrage of vote, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're asking them to say, this is a problem. Or do you agree that we need to look into this further based on our findings? And so um, that went well. I didn't present last night, but there was someone in the audience that challenged us, said they didn't agree with our resolution. They were there for some other reason, but in response to us. So I did go up and respond because she stated Illinois statutes as to why. And interestingly enough, we cite them in our resolution as the reason why. Right. And these are where we're violating um, where our specific Illinois election laws are being violated. Um, and then part of the other step in presenting to our boards is we have already filed our complaint. We gave 10 business days for a response. We did not receive a response. So in truth, the next part of our, you know, our government is reaching out to our county and town governments. Those are the next people we are trying to engage. Right, since we get, we received no response, right? And so, some of this is an education process too, because mm-hmm. we understand just like you do, this is an unnerving space to, to be in where you mm-hmm. see these problems and know they exist. And you can also talk to people and, and a lot of people sit there and they don't know what to think or believe. Mm-hmm. They're still watching Fox News and CNN mm-hmm. and MSNBC and they're being told there's nothing to see here. So mm-hmm. falling into a trap of trust of the media still and right people actually share the idea that you know the day after the 2020 election they were 100 percent convinced that something happened and mm-hmm. they watched the news and watched the news and watched the news and waited and watched and waited and they were convinced it was going to get fixed by this date and then that date and then after enough time passed they begin to reflect and go well maybe whatever happened was legal because I don't understand what I'm seeing now. So much time has passed. Nothing's been corrected. So they actually doubt their own perception, you know, their own, what they saw, what they mm-hmm. took away from the event. Right. So that's and the what, fact that we have a captured judicial system that wasn't giving a, a actual justice to those that have been wronged. Right. I well, mean, you've worked with a, a, a person running for office. You know how much time and effort goes into a campaign right imagine falsely losing because someone manipulated the election either by the voter registration or um ballot harvesting or uh the computers or um 
how else are they doing it? Um, they're, they're running their candidates on both sides of the ticket. So it doesn't matter who wins the election. They, they still win. The global still win. I mean, if you just look at what happened in Carrie Lake's case, uh, where our GOP chair, Jeff DeWitt resigned because he was exposed for bribing Carrie Lake from not running in the U S senator's race. He, they talked about this group of really powerful, rich people in Washington. Now, if they went after her for a Senate race, which is a less powerful position than a state governor, they went after her governorship. And this other lady now sits in her spot after she legitimately campaign katie hobbs hardly ever campaigned in the state of arizona right just like joe biden hardly ever campaigned for president but president trump came to my state a thousand times joe biden maybe came once and didn't even draw a crowd if he even showed up i can't even remember if he showed up i mean he had no campaign whatsoever katie hobbs hardly campaigned and guess where she's sitting yeah And, and that just told us about how they manipulated the election to where Katie Hobbs or, or Carrie Lake lost her governorship because that's a more powerful place. They don't want a closed border like she was advocating. They want an open border, just like Gavin Newsom's doing, Katie Hobbs is doing, the governor of New Mexico is doing. The only one doing anything at this point in time is the Texas governor, Governor Abbott. He's the only one trying at this point in time. You can't, you have four states on the border and only one state's trying to do something. You don't, I mean, what's going to happen? They're going to keep flooding the other three states. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. But this is what they do. They legitimately take elections from people that legitimately won. Right. And that's the whole separate side of that coin that like we don't, I don't think a lot of people talk about, but there's a number of injured parties here as it relates to what's been going on and it becomes impossible for us to get whether it's america first i mean the thing about united sovereign americans two two things that i think are resonate with a lot of people as we're talking to them is that we aren't trying to over while we woke up in 2020 we aren't trying to overturn any elections we're not we we, we need to stop because that becomes the talking point of the people that are protecting what's actually happening is they focus on the fact that, oh, we're just trying to overturn 2020 or 22. And at this point, that's not that. Let's stop talking about that. And separately, the two laws can mention Nivra and Hava. Those are civil rights. People think they're elect, you know, they're not really election laws. They're civil rights laws. So a whole different set of rules apply to that. And it's an entirely different angle that hasn't really at all been fully discovered in the last four years in terms of a lot of the stuff that's preceded us, you know, from a from a legal perspective. Right. It's been my perspective that because the elections have been um, manipulated so much that when you and I bring our grievances to these people, they I, I want to believe they probably know that they are not legitimate. And they're not going to help us because of that. Well, it's a conflict of interest, a personal conflict of interest, because they're getting into office through means that we're trying to discuss. They aren't legitimately there. You know, it's not. Right. And that becomes very difficult. I think it's just human nature to be like, I don't even know how to respond. Right. 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 And it's interesting. The data that we have, we also look at it uh, on another report called the reconciliation sheet where we evaluate the same data but a slightly different way. And the point is to determine the error rate 
in both the registrations and the election itself. So our error rate in our registrations in Illinois is 38%. So over a third of the registrations have an issue with them. And then in our uh, 2022 election, the error rate is 14%. So that's much smaller number than 38. So maybe you're thinking, oh, that's not so bad. But if we started looking at the margin of victory for the people in that election, our governor, our attorney general, our secretary of state did not win by 14%. So if the Neither error did rate, ours, ours won by just a fraction. Right. right. So if your error rate exceeds your margin of victory, these people we're talking to, they're not sure they belong where they're at. Right. So they don't want to help. Well, right. Or it just, it becomes a conflicted mess for them. Right. And like Ken mentioned, we've really only presented to seven counties now, but there's the, the collar counties around Cook, which is our biggest county, like your Mesa County, right? No, and, Maricopa. Or Maricopa, sorry. And, um, you know, the reality is we have a number of clerks in those counties we've already presented to that are demonstrating concern, right? Because they are, right. besides our state election director, who's the one responsible ultimately for our elections, then it rolls back to our county clerks, who are the ones that are certifying, you know, they're certifying their county's data. Um, and they're really, I mean, I've heard feedback from a few of them and they're being put, put in very precarious positions. And some of them are very aware, especially that law I noted, the legislation about making all these driver's license look the same so you cannot distinguish a citizen from a non-citizen. And that's the document that most of these people come in same day to vote to use to identify themselves. I mean, there's so many ways they're setting it up to break. And the judges, you know, these clerks and the judges are very anxious, right? And and they also, when they hear these numbers, they don't take it personally because it's impossible to know where it's breaking, right? Well, how or why? And the other nice thing about the HAVA laws and never we're not, we don't need to prove intent. And we also don't need, you know, it's really not necessary for us to how, how would you say it? It, it, it? Well, like uh, in the case of our votes, if we wanted to pursue who voted in our name, if we wanted to get anywhere in the legal system, we'd have to find a person and say, this guy, this guy mm -hmm. took my vote. You know, the whole identity theft concept requires a uh, the criminal, the, the, the thief of your identity in order for you to gain any ground. In this case, we don't need that and we're taking a sort of a different strategy where you know it's uh our election director's responsibility to follow all of these laws that we're citing in order to know that our election is valid and legal but she certified it anyway and we can easily see that she had little reason to think it was valid or illegal so she's not doing her job and we're volunteers and, and we've taken the time to figure all this stuff out she's getting paid to do this so she should be doing this and figuring it out. And she should know better than to certify these elections. It is my belief that we need to start running candidates on both sides of the ticket. Conservative candidates that love America. There's a, a newspaper article that just came out about the sleep, a secret sleepers. And they are Democrats that have been infiltrating the Republican side for decades. And then that they get activated when they need to be activated. Well, 
now we're in this place where you guys are coming up against walls, just like we come against walls with the elected officials not wanting to fix the problems that we're bringing to them as citizens, their constituents, which they should be. So one way we can start working at, it might be too late for this session right now, this election cycle, but the coming election cycle, if you're wondering what you can do, you need to run for office and you right. need to run as a dino, Democrat in name only. <laughs> we need dinos more than we've ever needed dinos ever in our country. So if you're looking and saying like, I don't know what to do, that is something we need you to do. We need you to work run for city council. We need you to run for your county level executive uh, positions, um, state legislatures, governors. I mean, we need you to start running. And I love General Flynn. He says local action creates national impact. So if you're wondering right now, what can you do? Become a precinct commitment, start working in your legislative district, and start working at becoming a dino, Democrat in name only, and run. And start taking back your state. This is one winning strategy. They've been doing it for decades, so we know it works. We wonder why the three Republicans in Congress voted against impeaching Mayorkas. Because right. they're dinos. Right. Well, they're part we, of the globalists. Right, Amber. We kind of we kind of think that if we don't actually fix our elections, we really don't have much time left. Right. No, so, we don't. But right, this is a strategy so. that we can look forward to for the in two years. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I yes. mean, the reality is with this mess the way that it is, it's, you know, that we really do need to begin bringing attention to fixing this because it, 100%. Once, and they're continued to erode these laws and 100%. Yes, they've been taking decades to do it and it's slowly happening. Right. And I get, we could slowly weave ourselves back right in, in, in some ways fight fire with fire and, um, in that term of the dino kind of conversation. And I know a lot of people that have explored that. We also don't want to discourage people from voting. People need, you know, I don't want them to hear what's going off the registrations and think why bother? Because the reality is when we didn't vote in those midterms, they voted for us anyway. Mm -hmm. So you have to get out and vote. You have to get there and make your selections even if you're uncertain don't don't get overwhelmed with the uncertainty of whether you're voting for someone you can always leave that blank if you don't really you know that position blank and vote for the people that you feel confident about or um and the pc the pc role is very important that gives you the opportunity to share with your local your neighbors your friends in your community who you feel confident about. I mean, that's really the PC's role is to educate. You made a good point. And I wanna I wanna elaborate a little bit. The dino role is the long term. We have two years to do that. Okay. okay. You're absolutely right. Right now we don't know it are we gonna even last two years. But we still need to have a long term plan that says in two years we we know what we're gonna do. Right. However, to your point we have to get out and vote because we need to make it really hard for them to cheat because yeah. the more that it's harder for them to cheat, the more mistakes that are going to be obvious. And when the court of public opinion gets pissed, things happen. Totally. You know, we've been harping on the border now that now at least they're talking about it in Congress. Why did that happen? Because the court of public opinion is talking about it. The court of public opinion is talking about why are you funding Ukraine? 
the Ukrainian border and yes. our, our borders wide open. That's well, the only reason why they're even having that discussion. Otherwise, they would have continued to send money to Ukraine and said, I don't care about you Americans. I don't care about you people in Arizona, California, New Mexico, and Texas. Basically, we've been getting the middle finger from people who don't deserve to be in office because of what we're talking about, manipulations of the election. Exactly. So 100% vote. Make it hard for them to cheat because when they do cheat, it's going to show up more obviously. Get involved in your local precinct. Get involved with United Sovereign of America. Yeah, because they they're doing some great work at United Sovereigns of America. Go, right. I love what they're doing. They're organized. They're going to county by county by county. But get involved with that. We're educating. I mean, in in part of that education process, we could be here talking to people about everything they need to be doing. But go learn. Go go seek this information. Understand. I mean, they're going to continue to I think spiral in terms of like right now we have chaos of information. Right. Mm -hmm. We have at the pc level last year we were telling people that did vote by mail what to do with their ballot if they wanted to vote in person love conservatives love to vote in person on election day but mm -hmm. if your state is basically going to all mail-in voting you don't have a choice well guess what you can be guaranteed that state already has a law in place that says you must bring that mail-in ballot to vote in person or you don't get to vote so understand that that's the law and then separately Make sure you're spoiling your ballot in front of the election judge mm -hmm. when you do so that the ballot's not sitting there, mm -hmm. sitting, right. waiting for, you know, a usable. blank ballot. And usable, right. You have every right to spoil it. So in person, though, do it there on the spot. So it's, some of it's about being educated. People don't know those details because mm -hmm. those are kind of in the weeds sort of information, right? So anyway. So yeah, uh, definitely. If people want to get involved in United Sovereign Americans, uh, we need volunteers. Uh, we we need to do some fundraising. So if they go to uniteforfreedom.com, that's unite and the number four freedom.com, they can volunteer. There's a form they can volunteer. Uh, like Jody said, there's uh, more than half the country has teams running already, and others are joining every day. So uh, if there isn't a, t and it isn't a team in your state, maybe you can be the one who starts it. And, uh, and then we do have uh, some litigation that we plan to uh, file ahead of us. So we need to pay for attorneys. So if you don't have time to offer, but you have a few dollars that you can contribute, you know, every bit helps. Or maybe you're running as PC or you are running for office. Like you're one of these people that's passionate about doing this. This might not be a place you can spend your time, but you can help us maybe get other people that are passionate about election. And we'll, we'll call it election validity at this point because they're not valid. Right. And, and <laughs> right there, there is an option there, too. You can sign up just to ask to remain informed where you'll get information from the organization and be invited. There's a Tuesday night call that's open to the public where Marley just over and over again reviews these laws that we're using to uh, sort of try to hold each state to the, you know, their feet to the fire and get them to start following the laws in place. I mean, there's, I'm sure, you know, the, the existing laws are not good. They're not good enough, but we're not even following them. So, you know, we need to start somewhere. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us and thank you for all the hard work that you guys are putting to make Illinois great again. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Amber.
Thank you for joining us today on the Amber May Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And if there's someone that came to mind, please share this episode with them. Please follow us on Telegram at the Amber May Show, True Social, Amber May, Frank Social, Amber May, or Clout Hub. I can't wait to see you next time on the Amber May Show. EBSRA LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investment, or investment strategies. Investment involved risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategies discussed.